Welcome to Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we are speaking with Michael Chalk. Hi, Michael. How are you? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to talk to you. Michael is in lovely Aspen, Colorado. We can all be very jealous of him for that. He is the Chief Solutions Officer at Smart Media Technologies, a true innovator in the MarTech space. And we'll be talking about a lot of the things that they've been building in their tech stack from programmatic media all to the latest stuff in NFT. So lots of very cool technologies that are being applied here. Michael, before we get into all of that stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career today. Absolutely. So I started um, actually my education at a school in Colorado called CRMS, which is the Colorado Rocky Mountain School. And I bring this up and go this far back because they had a a philosophy. It's actually based here in the Roaring Fork Valley of education inside and out. So it was about really finding that balance between um, a traditional academic schedule as well as huge nature adventures and and going out and learning that. It was actually a working farm. Um, Went from there to Middlebury College where I studied neuroscience. And once uh, winter over my holiday break, I met Tyler actually on a chairlift. And uh, Tyler is a CEO and founder of, at the time, a company called uh, Adconian. And we got along quite well. Turned out we had a lot of people in common. And he actually offered me a job straight out of college. So I started working for him back in 2010, um, seeing as he was one of the largest thought innovators in our space. And there's just so much that I could learn from him. So I ended up working uh, through multiple departments in product, in ad ops, in sales, worked in LA, worked in New York and uh, became very, very interested in the ad tech evolution. Uh, With my background in neuroscience, started seeing how there's so much overlap actually behind the psychology that drives advertising and the mirroring of this technology uh, that can start mapping almost human thought. And that's really where I have found my passion point is in that intersectionality between humanity and technology. And advertising is such an interesting place because it is super, super results driven. We see incredible things like the TikTok algorithm that can now predict what content you will like. And our advertising is being able to put things on my Instagram feed that I don't even know exist, but I definitely want to buy as soon as I see that. Yeah. Um, so I get really excited about this kind of piece. Yeah, I think um, we've all had that, that those experiences where um, we are on one level excited and another level a little bit taken aback by the fact that uh, technology seems to surface up things that we're interested in. So uh, it, even to this day, I'm always I'm always astounded that uh, it seems to me that they seem to know if I'm buying a, a couch or I'm going on a trip or if I'm having a problem with booking something. It's always they're always uh, three steps ahead these days. So 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 this obviously has led to what you guys are doing at Smart Media Technologies and. Tell me a little bit about that, the stack of technologies that you guys have put together um, before we get into some of the latest stuff. Absolutely. So Smart Media Technology is a 
technology holding company. And as I said, we are a technology company first and foremost. Um, Tyler and the team have built out an incredible DSP, DMP combination, so an ad server, um, as well as a technology called the lab, which is our self-service NFT, kind of think of it as the Shopify of NFTs. So our goal is how do we empower brands, agencies, um, other marketers to use this technology integrated into their entire marketing experience. Um, on top of these two technology layers, we have professional uh, services, so a full creative team. We have a center of excellence in LA that really specializes in TV and traditional advertising. Uh, in Aspen, we have our corporate headquarters uh, where we focus on all center of digital excellence. So, and that's everything from um, understanding the latest and greatest in Amazon through to understanding all the changing regulations of Facebook and the cha challenges with iOS 14.5. And where we really specialize is using the data to create an understanding of consumers so that you know people like yourself uh, have those experience of how did they know this about me? Um, but it's all based in, you know, completely compliant, permission-based and value exchange uh, to create really custom advertising um, engagements. That's great. So tell me more, Michael, about, um, you know, who uses your technology? Is it used by agencies or is it used by brands directly, combination of the two? Definitely a combination of the two. We're completely agnostic. Like our goal is, again, to provide the leading edge technology to marketers across the globe. So whether that is an agency partner, which we have a number of, or clients direct, you know, we are just that technology that provides that. In addition to that tech layer, we actually then again have those professional services. So we can service a client that has a full team of you know, expert traders, or they can leverage our, um, our team of expert traders to, um, to buy their media and, um, and drive really effect effective media campaigns. I mean, I, I would say that uh, over the last year, certainly with COVID, uh, the activity in that kind of omni-channel e-commerce or omni-channel commerce space has just exploded in, in terms of its growth. And I can only imagine how your stack plays a key role in supporting those types of activities. Um, what are you seeing in the, the business marketplace today? What is what are people really uh, grokking and utilizing and what are they, they most excited about? Yeah, it's a great question because we are in this kind of unprecedented age of um, everybody was home for you know, 18 months. And with this, a lot of the traditional stores that relied on their brick and mortar presence had to push into e-com to survive. So all of a sudden you have not only these disruptor brands that, you know, the Caspers and the Dollar Shave Clubs of the world that were native to e-com and, and really kind of founded that whole D2C mentality. Now you have these historical brick and mortar businesses pushing into that same space. Right. At that same time, you see Amazon growing at such a rapid pace that now Amazon product searches have now eclipsed Google searches. So the first thing people do when they hear about a product is they go to Amazon to see if it exists. Yeah. So we're seeing uh, an unprecedented amount of competition, right? So you look at something like Facebook and you have a couple of factors um, influencing this. One, which is iOS 14.5, which is, you know, a big movement that they've made to protect consumer privacy and, and have an opt-in and opt-out um, for tracking. Um, but in addition to that, you have all of these brands pushing in. So the competition and the price of advertising on Facebook has completely skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. One so of tell, the me, tell, tell me more a little bit about the, this privacy issue, because that was one of the things that people, I would say, in the market, digital marketing space were 
were very nervous about last year. And then it seemed that it was released. And then it was uh, there was kind of like a pullback a little bit. There was kind of a uh, a window of time that was given back to marketers. Where, where are we going to end up on this whole first party data discussion? Yeah, it's a it's a great question and something that no one really has the answer to. But one of the big things that we push our, our clients for is building that relationship directly with your consumer through first party data will continue to be the most valuable way to create that one to one relationship. If we look back at kind of what has caused this, it's that same fear that you mentioned of, oh, how did they know that I was talking about a vacuum cleaner? Are they listening on my phone without the understanding of all of the information that we're signaling, you know, that and the information that we're putting out into the, onto the internet. One of the areas that we focus on is building that um, bi-directional value relationship with our consumers. We do a lot of that through our NFT technology so that the consumers are being explicitly told in exchange for your, letting us use your location on your phone and your camera, you now can actually participate in these NFT Easter egg hunts that you can win free ice cream from Ben and Jerry's or you can you know, get tickets to an event um, by sharing this information. And I think this is gonna be the evolution of this is as consumers become more aware of how their data is being used and they're okay with that exchange, um, we'll reach an equilibrium with the consumers and the companies. Cause you're right, so many companies were fearful of what was gonna happen um, very quickly as cookies got pushed away and, and more and more evolution on that side. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to ask you a little bit more about this NFT product that you guys have released. Uh, this was, I would say, a topic of probably the latter part of 2020, where everyone was talking about NFTs and making NFTs. And this year, we've seen many, many brands now jump into the game and, and agency groups launching NFT divisions. So tell me more about what you guys are doing and how companies utilize your, your platform. Yeah. So a couple of things of, of context that are important to look at when we're talking about NFT. So number one is we've been in the space since 2017. So while it is very new to the market, as I mentioned before, Tyler, our CEO, is a true visionary when it comes to the tech space. Um, he started working on this technology in 2017, did an ICO, raised a, a good chunk of change and invested that directly into building a technology stack to utilize NFTs beyond just having ownership of a digital object. So one of the challenges today and why you see this huge volatility in the NFT market is because the NFTs aren't providing value after that initial transaction. What we specialize at smart media technology is saying, okay, so you have an NFT, now what? How do we build value that continues to provide that exchange between your consumer and your brand um, through ownership of this NFT? So whether it be an NFT ticket to an event that transforms into a song from the artist at that venue, that now that consumer who bought that ticket owns a, a song from that artist and owns the IP that won't be released on Spotify, that won't be released on iTunes, and they now have a piece of that, it also opens up a platform for the artist to speak directly to people who have, have attended the concerts. So it's providing a new way to have a one-to-one -one relationship between artists, between brands, um, it directly in that consumers. Because it's also in the blockchain, there's a huge amount of security. So personalized information, things like this become um, significantly less of a concern because of the, uh, the natural encryption that happens when working across a blockchain technology. So right now, what we're seeing is, I mean, that first wave was people just buying 
digital art uh, in the NFT space. And what you're saying is people basically did that. And then, and then the next question, the logical question is now what, now what, 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 what happens there? And, and what you guys have, have been working on is to build something that is more useful, can actually create uh, ongoing evolutionary value uh, chains for individuals um, from, from the NFT itself. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you look at kind of the arc of adoption of technology, right, these art installations, some of the early um, digitized NFT trading cards, right, that's going to speak to a very small portion of the population. One of the things that we're looking to do is saying, how do we make NFTs so commonplace that a lot of our brands don't even know that they are doing NFT executions because they're just exceptional marketing executions that drive high user engagement, higher average order value, um, higher brand education, and actually loyalty in ways that we haven't seen in this age of commodities where you know the next swipe is the next best thing. So I love using NFTs to actually create a loyalty with a brand and facilitate that relationship um, is something that appeals to a larger mass rather than just the early adopter section of um, the NFT market. I love it. I think that's a great, uh, really valuable product and, and, and definitely needed if this thing is going to have legs going forward, for sure. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, the last year. So you're in a beautiful place right now. I don't know if you've been there all through 2020 or not, but tell me more about um, how you stayed sane during the pandemic and, and also the smart media technologies journey during, that, during this, this period. Yeah. So one of the things that's been really interesting is uh, culture has been something that has really defined our, our, each of our, our companies. Um, we have an extremely active lifestyle within, um, and it's reflective in our brands uh, of how we work. Uh, so moving to remote was you know, a bit, bit of a concern for the entire leadership team, but actually seeing how the team coalesced and how pr productivity increased and how fluent everyone became with Zoom conferencing we did see a, an increase in productivity. Uh, so actually now as we go back towards, um, back to office, we're having a nice um, in-between schedule where we have just a few days of the week that we are um, asking everyone to come back so that we can still have that collaboration and that learning because we have a lot of young, really intelligent, bright people that work best when we can you know, bump heads together. And then also keeping that flexibility of, hey, if you wanna go home for Christmas or for a holiday, you can still work from anywhere because we know that your productivity is going to stay great. And we know that clients are really accustomed to this work from anywhere as well. Um, yeah, and then I, I like that. And I, I think that for people that are logical or uh, obviously individuals such as yourself that understand data, study things like neuroscience, the, the reality is that if, if you had productivity gains during a virtual or remote structure, you have to be very thoughtful about what's going to happen next. And, and I, I, I find it kind of fascinating when I read these news stories about banks, et cetera, forcing their employees back to the office because, I mean, banks did extremely well last year. I, I, I doubt that they will be more efficient. So the question is, what other gains do they get and what have they lost? I mean, what, what do you think the big losses were? Was it innovation for you guys? Is that the issue? Or? I think it's collaboration, right? When you are in an office set situation where you're teaching each other different things, where you're brainstorming solutions, um, the 
the collaboration and the ideas that come out of those sessions are often such that don't happen when you're doing it individually. And the convenience of being like, oh, hey, Tyler, what do we do about this? Um, is a completely different thing than me writing a formal email being like, oh, this client is asking this, this, and this. And it just creates a much more dynamic working environment. In addition, we have, like I said, our team is growing very quickly. So as we onboard new people, how do we instill our cultural values and our best practices and things like this remotely? Um, and I think that's the biggest part that is uh, you know, challenging for employees that onboarded completely remotely and never met anyone uh, that worked at the company, except for, you know, through a screen. So, yeah, we, we've had the same dilemma, you know, we've, we've expanded dramatically over the last year and getting people to have that connection, that collaboration is important, but finding that balance is going to be quite key. So, I mean, a company like yours, that's developing new technologies all the time and, and working to stay ahead of the trends or even define certain trends really. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the future? I mean, the ad tech space has really gone on a bit of a roller coaster ride over the last couple of years where, you know, we had the programmatic media darlings and then it all seemed like it all coalesced and there was massive, I would say, merger activity and acquisition activity. Uh, and it's now it seems like there's some new, new, new leases on life in the innovation space in MarTech. Where do you see the space evolving? Yeah, I think um, there are going to be a few dominant trends. So first and foremost is going to be the continuance of this uh, personal data information security and privacy, right? That is going to be a foremost pillar that shapes the industry as it moves forward. Uh, we saw Google a couple of weeks ago move the cookie apocalypse out another two years because this is such a large issue that people need to understand and the existing infrastructure of companies how we transact is still heavily reliant on this technology. So that's gonna be something we see. CCPA, GDPR, you know, we see um, even in the midterm elections, we're gonna see significantly more states with increased privacy laws about data transfer. So that will be something that is gonna to continue to shape the industry. Um, the second thing is uh, kind of the education of the consumers. You know, you have a lot of these videos that came out like the social dilemma on Netflix that really brought to life this idea of how much information is being collected by a lot of these companies. I think the downside of movies like that is it villainizes these algorithms to make it seem like, ooh, we are evil little mechanisms trying to steal all your information, rather than promoting the fact that the internet is free because of advertising. And as we see that limitation on value of like, hey, autofill is such a huge feature. Like I hate putting in my credit card, but there's an exchange for me to be able to hit one button and have my credit card already automatically filled. I understand that advertising, again, keeps Instagram free. And so I curate my Instagram feed so that I know that I have ads that are relevant. And as consumers- I, 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 I agree with you, Michael. I, um, but you know, in some ways with, with a, maybe a tech savvy audience, what you're saying is certainly understood and, and supported. I, I, it's interesting though, from a societal perspective that, uh, that, that there's almost, I almost see it as almost like a Luddite mentality where people that don't really know much about technology are so fearful of losing their data, losing control. Therefore, we have this constant kind of um, almost like black and white viewpoint, which is that it's all bad or it's all good, right? It's all, you know, and, and, and 
how do, how do we get around that? I mean, how do we, how do we, you know, I guess it's just education, more and more education, but man, how do we get to that level faster? Yeah, I think honestly, it's, it's contingent on platforms. So like what happened with iOS 14 is actually helping educate or 14.5 is helping educate people on what their data is being used for, but then also help them understand what is the benefit they glean from that. And again, this is one of the things that I love about our, we call them smart media objects rather than an NFT, but our smart media object offering is that it's a very clear exchange of value when a consumer says, oh, in order to enter to win this um, prize, I need to give you my email address and I need to give you access to my location so that I can go on a scavenger hunt. And when consumers see that value exchange, all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know what? I'm okay with you having access to my mobile location um, when I'm in this experience. And oh, I'm okay with you using our, my camera um, or I'm okay connecting my Venmo through an NFT so that a brand can Venmo me five bucks as a thank you for taking this, you know, this survey. So as consumers are educated through these experiences, I think we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, the last thing on that is that you know, we're in this age where innovation is faster than legislation. So you have this like whole Washington body of legislation trying to legislate, but as soon as that happens, innovation is continuing to move forward. So there's needs to be kind of a merger of um, these tech leaders helping influence what legislation looks like as well. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, has been so uh, obvious is is that as as this group of tech leaders have been summoned to Washington. The knowledge, the knowledge base is so low in Washington in terms of what's really happening in the tech space. And maybe that'll change. Maybe there'll be more tech technologists that will go into politics. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it all flows over the next over the next couple of years. Maybe Michael will, will be voting for you for president soon <laughs> enough. So well, listen, Michael, it's been so great to talk to you. We've been speaking with Michael Chalk. He's the chief solutions officer at Smart Media Technologies. Smart Media Technologies is a next generation mad tech company that owns and operates a portfolio of solution providers which deliver better business outcomes for brands and agencies by leveraging the smart media stack. And that stack really touches on everything from programmatic smart media uh, bidding to all the way through to NFTs. So I, 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 I definitely encourage people to take a look at, at what these guys are building. If someone wanted to reach you, Michael, where would they find you? Yeah, the best place uh, to reach me would definitely be um, michael.chalk, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot C-H-O-C-K at fast, F-A-S-T-G 8.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn and you can find me on Twitter as well. Awesome. Well, listen, Michael, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today and look forward to talking to you again soon. Cheers. All right, thanks for having me. Cheers.